What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports uh, emergency pod, because this morning we woke up to some earth shaking news. Uh, no pun intended for uh, the earthquake in California, but earth shaking news this morning. Carlos Correa has flipped the script and has gone from signing a deal with the Giants to now being the presumably starting third baseman for your New York Mets, whose payroll has now reached nearly half a billion dollars. And Matt also found the whereabouts of Matt. He's back fine, perfectly better than ever, uh, much better than ever given this news. And Matt, uh, I'm going to kick it to you in a second. The first thing I want to say is, and before you start ripping me about, you know, how silly I was and how off I was on my Steve Cohen take, because we all know that when you saw the news this morning, the first thing was, oh, wow, the Mets are going to be good. The first thing you said was, LOL, Sam, at Sam, at Sam, at Sam, 4 a.m., 4 a.m., as if I was going to wake up. So <laughs> uh, the floor is yours. I'll let you give your thoughts on this. I have some thoughts uh, my, of my own as well. Um, I'm going to start it out. I always start it. Matt, what is going on today? Uh, not much. Uh, feeling better for sure, uh, which is nice. Was it H1N1 I mean, ever... or was that a rumor? <laughs> it was the uh, just the common flu. Uh, don't ever travel with the flu. It's brutal. Sometimes if you have the flu at home, sometimes it's kind of comforting. Like you kind of sleep all day. You have like these crazy fever dreams. It, it, you know, some parts of the flu I romanticize, but you know, boarding flights with it and oh my god, just brutal. That's the name of my next book, so, by the way. Some parts of the flu yep. I romanticize. Yeah. So before I begin ripping you and, um, you know, I'll give you the floor to defend yourself. I wanted to ask you this as, uh, you know, as a Yankee fan who, you know, I, I know that you weren't around for, uh, you know, perhaps the golden ages of it. And I know that this isn't a, a, a spot on comparison, but as someone who's experienced the euphoria of championship purchasing, does it take anything away from it to you? And listen, I know you could say like, oh, well, the Mets are doing way more than blah, blah, blah. But, you know, as as times change, there's more money to dole out, right? Does it take anything away from it to you? Or is it just kind of like once they take the field, that's just it? It takes away from it very much so, in my opinion. And I think that uh, in in a short form way, and I guess we can kind of delve into this question a little deeper, I think that when you spend this much money on uh, a team, you're you're putting your team all the pressure on your team. So for anyone that thinks that this year, I, look, I know Steve Cohen came and said, you know, when he saw when he became the owner, he said five years no championship or this is a failure. Well, we're now what two three years in now. This is this is championship or bust. And anyone that tells you otherwise is just is just is just wrong. I don't want to hear like you know one year to mesh. You never know with baseball. No, you spend half a billion dollars on a team. It's it is your World Series to lose, in my opinion. So and, and well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you that. Well, in answering I'm not your question, give you the one year the one year thing. See, like because no, this, I, is a, this is a big win. I just I so they disagree. Have to, so they have to win the World Series the next three years. Dude. Yes. Like, no, 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 not, not the next three years consecutively. No. They need to win at least one within the next right. you know, so if they two don't, years. Right, so it's, it's going to be championship or bust the next three years, but that, like, if they don't win one this year and they win one next year, I'm not going to bury them. I'm, well, I think – I just don't believe in they – they are now head and shoulders above the next team. 
it's not even yeah, close. They, they're gonna go in. They're gonna go in as as the favorites to win it. All no, no, not even 100%. not even in odds wise. I'm talking about payroll wise. They're head and shoulders over the number two team. Right, and that's why I asked you this because so were the Yankees in 2009. So that's why I was asking: Does that sort of, I don't know, take a little bit, bit of the sweetness out of it a little? Well, bit? Well, I don't think it necessarily takes the sweetness out of it. That's not how I would I would necessarily say it, but I just think it adds an, a ridiculous amount of pressure onto a team. And we've seen in the past where you know teams that are, uh, you know, no one's going to beat them, the world beaters, da da da. Like even you can even look at the Mets last year, right? They they have this amazing season. And then all the pressures on them at the end of the season when they really needed one win, and they just crumbled. So let me and I'll let me spin this back to you. If this, if the let's you extrapolate last year and kind of mimic the same season out to this upcoming year, how much more disappointed would you be if the same thing, the same result happened for the Mets this this upcoming? Oh, year? much more. So much then more. I think that Not answers your question in itself. Well, my question about does it take anything away from it? Yeah, because – well, n- but what I'm saying is I wouldn't take anything away from it. I think you're adding more to it is my point. Well, yeah, sure. Of course there's added pressure. I just – as a fan of the Mets, I guess I'm just asking because I feel a little bit – just because I've never been here before, I just feel a little bit like, hmm, like, I don't know. Like, would this win feel as great as, as that one in 2015 would have been? Like, I don't know. I don't know that it does. I think there's something to be said about, like – to me, the Mets are the Mets are in a weird spot because, like, they they just recently had an ownership change, right? So they're kind of like there's still parts of like I guess the old regime, and now this new regime has has taken over and kind of you know their prospects are a lot of their prospects are from the old regime, just naturally the way baseball works. So I think there's something to be said about you know the again going back to like the yankee point of things you know championships not championship and i know you you have lindor and correa for the next you know decade but uh guys like you know senga could be a risk verlander could be a risk i think scherzer has an opt out after this year uh like your team while you have some core pieces that are going to be there for the next 10 years you know it's not a shoe in that they're going to be a dynasty and and it's like it, it comes to the point where you know, you're spending half a billion dollars to win how many championships every year? You know, it's like, okay, one year, if you miss one year, now you're spending a billion to win the next championship. And then if you miss that year, now you got 1.5 billion for the next championship. And I know Steve Cohen's made of money, but as a fan, you kind of have to look at that. Like, uh, I mean, we argue this all the time, but like, where's the correlation between, or is there a correlation between spending money and winning? Well, but is it really a risk anymore? Like when you really look at how little the money actually matters, like the second that Correa became available, they just dished out three hundred fifteen minutes. Like I almost feel like when we say like, oh, Verlander could be a risk. I'm not going to say Senga could because he's really not making any money. Um, I, I don't know. It, just, it doesn't feel risky to me. I just feel like, okay, if Verlander were to burn out, Scherzer, I mean, they'll just reload it. it honestly, it, with every move, it seems more and more to me just like it doesn't matter. It doesn't you know? I mean it doesn't but I think there's two different ways to put it doesn't matter. Does it not matter to Steve Cohen because of the amount of money he has? Yeah, it really does not matter to him. But I think to a Mets fan it should matter because you know, you you come from the the Will Ponds and you know just an absolute horrible track record as an organization. Like you even said last time we spoke about how previously the biggest contract they gave up or they they signed was David Wright. And now all of a sudden you have, yeah. you know, five or six deals on your team that are bigger than David Wright. And now it's like, a lot. to me, to me, it's like, 
if you're stepping up to the plate, you have to be able to hit the fastball. And the Mets this offseason stepped up to the plate, and now they have to hit the fastball. Well, I'm not saying it doesn't matter in terms of like, oh, if they don't win, it doesn't matter because they can just reload. I just mean like when you're pointing out all these players and saying like, well, this could be a risk, that could be a risk, and you're like, it's almost like when you're saying they're not a shoe in to be a dynasty. Well, yeah, a dynasty means multiple championships. No one is. But like in terms of contracts being risky, I just feel like they're not. But I mean, it's going to be, remain to be seen. Uh, I mean, it, could they? Could no one get hurt in the Mets and they have the greatest baseball season of all time? Sure. Like I think when your 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 payroll is half a billion dollars, it's that's on the table for sure. But you know, you look back at like you know all the great dynasties, right? And, and not saying that the, I don't. I, it's weird because like the Mets are signing these guys to a long long term deals, but almost like tripling down on this window that their owner proposed to them. So it's like a weird kind of like they're paying for 10 years of what they see as like a three, four year window. Probably, you know, it, but, if but, that in that but way, why does it have to, why does it have to be that way? I mean, Lindor and Correa are still going to be great in three years. Well, because well, just look at third base now, right? Like Correa is presumably going to be your third baseman. That means that you're not going to see Beatty at third base. You might have he, no. you probably are going to end up trading him. If I'm being rude now, he's definitely on the uh, on an available player for other teams to have. Uh, so you're this is what you have, I think. I mean, yes, you can always restock, and will the Mets be in on the guys like Shohei Otani and Machado? I think as an opt out, will they be in on Machado? Probably, you know, maybe. Uh, I don't think that was kind of my point, and I'll kind of get to defending myself here real quick. When I said that the I didn't really believe that the Mets were in on Correa uh, about a week ago now. I, I still believe that part of that part of that is true. I, I think I was a little bit too hard on the fact that they were I kind of saw right through it. But I think that what's gonna happen is that people are just gonna go to the Mets now for offers. Like it's gonna be, you know, you can whenever, you know, X player is available as a free agent, he's gonna have his teams, you know, X player that's uh, you know, from San Francisco his whole life, wants to be a giant. He's going to go listen to the Mets because they have the most money. And now now that forces the other owners into – it kind of pigeonholes the other owners into giving them more money. And I think I, – I still believe that that's what Correa did. Maybe – I think that just looking at the timeline of this, uh, yeah, there has been some speculation based on his medical reports. Um, I read this morning that there was – he has had back problems, and every team that was going after him knew that he was had back problems in the past, and it was very well documented – However, when the Giants, again, stepped up to the plate and tried to hit the fastball, they got a little bit too cautious with their money. And I, I, what I read was there was other concerns about, you know, other injuries that hadn't flared up of recent in Correa. And when you're spending, you know, $400 million on one player, you got to be a little bit careful. And as soon as with, with, you know, one foot out the door, one foot in the door on both sides, the Giants and Correa, I think they both came to this agreement, or maybe not the Giants, but Correa kind of said, hey, if you guys aren't going to be sure about me, I'm not going to be sure about you, and I know the Mets are sure about me, and they're they're going to definitely be in a position to win. And I think that's what he wanted. And uh, I'll, I'll bite the bullet and say that I was wrong there. But I still think that part of what I said about how players will definitely use the Mets as leverage and other owners will not like that going forward still stands true. Yeah, sure. I just... In terms of it all being phantom, I mean, I just that's the part that I didn't agree with. I mean, I, I think there's always leverage in any negotiation. I mean, like we talked about Judge using the Giants. I mean, 
if the Mets were ever in on Judge, he would have used the Mets. It's kind of just if the Mets are in on anyone, they're obviously. But know, I think, but I think, so I, you're not wrong, but I think the fact that players now know the the amount of the how big Steve Cohen's wallet is and how much he's actually willing to spend because. Look, quite frankly, it was all speculation on, you know, yes, Steve Cohen's got all this money. He's going to go out and spend outrageously. But what does that mean? And now I guess we see that means he's willing to go to half a billion dollars. Whereas, you know, would it have been crazy if they were the number one team with a $400 million payroll? No. You know, but the fact that he's able to go 500 and they're still in on guys, probably going to end up being closer to six. I think players are going to see that and say that nothing is off limits for this guy. And therefore, I'm going to force the Mets to be in on me. If I'm a player. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. That's, that's all I, I mean, that's really my whole, my whole side of Steve Cohen. Um, as for the Mets though, uh, I mean, you're the Met fan here. This, the lineup was, uh, I'd say there was a lot of lateral moves within the Mets this off season. This being obviously the biggest move of their off season thus far, but now having him in the middle of that order, you got guys one through, you know, seven, even one through six, seven, even that are either all stars or going to be absolute studs. Yeah, it's like Team USA. Yeah, it's I mean, just think about the lineup off the top of your head leading off Nemo. Just I'll just resign. I'll do it. Go ahead. Nemo. Nemo. Um, so it's going to be probably Nemo. Is it going to be Nemo one? Lin- yeah. Nemo one. So Nemo. Lindor, I mean, would it be Correa, Alonzo? That's what I would McNeil? do. That's what I would do. Well, actually, actually. Lindor three. Let's say Nemo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, Correa, McNeil. McNeil batting six. Marte. Are you kidding Marte me? Marte seven. Did we say Marte two? No, Marte was in, Marte was in the two. Okay, so then, then so the last will be Alvarez, Canna, and... Right. And, and let's just say Alvarez becomes a hitter. Yeah. I, let's, I mean, let's... But that's the thing. That's that's like where I'm going to be happy. Well, they got to use a DH too, so probably have Vogel back in there too. I but, guess. But like looking so, at the Mets before this move, like they were they were really if if everything stood pat, right? And the Giants did go through and sign Judge. I mean, sign uh, Correa. You were looking at pretty pretty much the same lineup as last year. If you're the Mets. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because the last time we spoke, you said that they were probably the third best team in their division. So Correa now bumps them to not only the best team in their division, but the best team in Major League Baseball to you? Well, yeah, because I think they were already, you know, within that top five, and then they get another top ten player to just fill in their third base, which the the other, I guess the replacement player, would have been a rookie that you would have been looking for upside, whereas now you have a guy who's, you know, guaranteed going to hit, you know, 260-plus, 30-plus home runs, 100-plus RBIs, and and play stellar defense, presu- and hopefully. Uh, but yeah. And I, I said this a while ago. There's no record of me saying this, but it could have just been a thing I've just said in my head or, you know, in passing. I've always seen a lot of Alex Rodriguez and Carlos Correa. He's just game-wise. And so I think the fact that if you're a Met fan and you're kind of – I don't think any Met fan is weary today, but if you're a Met fan and you're weary about, you know, having him – giving him all this money to, and not even having ever seen him play third base – I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be totally fine at, at third base with the Mets defensively. Yeah. No, I think so too. And that that's kind of an unsung thing about what the Mets are doing right now is, I mean, obviously they, they've upgraded the rotation and, you know, moving on from a part-timer to Verlander and, and all that, you know, bolstering the lineup defensively though. I mean, no one talks about that. They've upgraded defensively massively. 
See, I feel this is. I agree with you. I mean, it's it's still going to have to be seen what Correa is. You know, maybe he's not as good of a third baseman as he is a shortstop, but he's a Gold Glove shortstop. So right, but then you could put him at second, and McNeil is good at third. I, so I like, agree, you know. but I still think there's two spots where I think the Mets are. And just this, this might be my Yankee bias and seeing, you know, the way Jose Trevino and Anthony Rizzo play. But I, I think it's it's not necessarily a good thing that you're going into the season where your catcher and your first baseman could arguably be your two weakest points in the on defense. Yeah. So and like that's, that's true. I think and I've said this for a while and you know this before Correa, before Correa was even a free agent. I've always thought that the Mets were better suited as with Alonzo at DH, but he just won't do that. I know. So, I know. I, no, I agree with you. I mean, to get a guy like, I mean, even if you, with this lineup, if you stick a first baseman, you know, you get a lefty first baseman that's a good defender that'll, you know, that'll hit you 200 even at, at number nine in your order to have another lefty in there too. Like, but he's a solid defender, I think would be much more beneficial than running Alonzo at defense and, uh, you know, Vogelback or Frank the Tank's favorite, Darren Ruff at DH. Yeah, sounds like sounds like Dom Smith could have filled that role uh, pretty nicely. <laughs> I what did, did Dom Smith sign anywhere or anything? I think he's a I think he's a Padre. Oh yeah, oh wow. I'm not, I, I think I could be wrong. So they they got a uh, Matt Carpenter too. Did you see that? They no, yeah, they signed Matt Carpenter yesterday. Like very undersung, getting a million dollars more than Joey Gallo. <laughs> Guy Matt Carpenter had statistically one of the greatest seasons ever. Um, I guess Dom Smith is a free agent, so I just I just pulled that out of my behind. Okay, I mean Dom Smith, Matt Carpenter, everyone mistakes them every day. But the uh, <laughs> the bigger I guess macro step back thing I want to talk about, and we kind of spoke about this. I think what really Met fans should be concerned about is, you know, what does this mean for the future of baseball? In the sense that, you know, I think if you're an owner, right? Like, let's say me and you are, you're the owner of the Pirates, I'm the owner of the Royals. As soon as I see Carlos Correa sign with the Mets this morning, I call you and say, what the F are we supposed to do? And I don't – and, yeah, like, I mean, well, there was definitely a vote to get Steve Cohen in as an owner, which um, obviously he's an owner now, so it was passed. But I think I don't – I think when they, they passed that and got Steve Cohen in, I think they might have opened the, some wrong doors there. Yeah, well, here's why I think he's safe. Because, like you said, he was voted in, and you can't take that away from him. And so I guess the only thing that could be done now is, like we talked about maybe implementing some sort of floor or maybe tweaking some things, right? But that's going to be tough to do when the Players Association has to love Steve Cohen, right? And as much as the owners don't, it's going to be tough to get – it's already tough to get anything done in baseball just because of the friction between the two parties – I what because like I said, the players have to be reveling in this. Because even if you're not a Met, I mean, the price for everyone just keeps getting driven up and up and up. I, I really don't know how anything gets done to sort of combat what Steve Cohen's doing. Well, right now. Com- combat is an interesting way to put it because I don't think there is much that can be done other than a salary cap or salary floor, like you just said. However, one thing I, I was I was listening to a podcast today, and they mentioned that maybe it's not. Maybe baseball doesn't go backwards in here. Maybe they keep going up. And maybe, you know, like I said, if I'm the Pirates and you're the Royals, maybe that one billionaire that was born and raised in Pittsburgh uh, calls up and says, hey, Pirates, I want to see this team compete. I see what Steve Cohen's doing. Or, you know, Mark Cuban, right? Let's just call it random billionaire, right? Mark Cuban already owns the Mavericks. What if he calls the Texas Rangers and says, 
hey, whoever owns the Texas Rangers, I want to buy this team because I see what Steve Cohen is doing, and I want the, to do the exact same thing here. And I think that if you can get, you know, billionaires in baseball, right? You know, someone's going to write a book about it one day. Uh, if you can do that, maybe that's how you can – maybe you just fight fire with fire is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, the only thing with that is – and listen, like, Steve Cohen's obviously losing money here. Because like we say all the time, this is his toy. It's not his business. He makes enough to just kind of do what he wants with the Mets. I get it. But there still has to be – some sort of equivocal income from the baseball club. And I just don't think the Kansas cities or the Pittsburgh's have the ability to bring in a revenue like a New York can. So it's, I don't know. You're kind of biting the bullet even more than Steve Cohen is, even if you want to do half of what he's doing. But, but I think that if I think I'm of the belief that if you're good enough, they will come. Like if you build it, they will come in my opinion. Like may like when the, when the Marlins had all those guys, right, and they, you know, the Stantons, Ozuna, blah blah blah, and they were they were stacked. They, people were going to their games. They were they were a good team. And then once they started selling off all of those, that's when the shit started to hit the fan in Miami. And I think that you know when you put up you know ten straight seasons where where look at the Royals, right? They make the the World Series in twenty fifteen. I haven't even heard a, a glimmer of hope for them since, and that's almost a decade now. That's why people don't go to games. Yeah. So there, there is some uh, silly uh, Yankee news that I'll let you get to. Before before we do that, um, I want you to give me, if you had to guess, I don't want you to give me the numbers, but just odds-wise, on opening day, the the top five in terms of world championship this season. Well, number one's got to be the Mets. Yeah. Uh, is I, I don't want to put the Astros, too, but I think they're definitely there. Probably four. Yeah. Are they fourth? Probably. No, I don't have it. I'm oh, saying oh, 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 oh. When yeah. opening day comes. I thought you had it in front of you. But I would say the Dodgers, too. I'd say, well, to be honest, I don't even think this is a Yankee bias. I think I put the Yankees, too. Just being honest. Because the Dodgers, they lost some, they've lost Trey Turner, some pieces. They they haven't, haven't really heard much from the Dodgers side of things. Like, uh, I think a lot of other teams in the National League also got better while they kind of marginally have been have gotten to be the same team, uh, so I'd say any combination of like Astros, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, um, who am I forgetting? And then Braves or Phillies, right? But I mean, about we're top getting six. closer and closer. We're getting closer to that elusive uh, potential Subway Series. Oh yeah, look. If first of all, something. I guess this is how we're gonna end. We're gonna end this segment here. But welcome to the dark side. Welcome. It must yeah. be nice. Like yeah. uh, it as as a Yankee fan who has been constantly ripped for my team uh, purchasing or attempting to purchase World Series by many Met fans, I'll say. But welcome, and it's nice to see that now there's a new villain in town, and maybe just people are going to hate New York. But um, yeah. a lot of love on the Yankee yeah. side is how I'm going to transition this because Aaron Judge this morning. Officially, to no one's no medical examination this morning. It's all done, all gone through. Named the 16th captain of the New York Yankees. Uh, Derek Jeter in attendance, sitting right next to Aaron Judge's wife. Um, just you know, very hoity-toity kind of press conference for the guy. You know, very run-of-the-mill. Yeah, nothing really of of much note. Um, I think what the sense that I got was that when they signed Judge. It was kind of like a we're not done sort of thing. Or Judge kind of said, hey, like, 
yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I definitely want to come back. Um, he actually, someone actually asked Judge, I guess kind of noteworthy. I might have been John Heyman even, or who one of the reporters said, uh, hey, like, how real was the speculation that you weren't going to be here? And, and, and Judge kind of just looked at him out of the corner of his eye and smiled, and that's all he, that's really all he needed to say. Um, he, he was never, he was never going to go anywhere that, you know, amidst the fake reports, whatever he, there was also a report that said, um, I know we spoke about the GQ article that came out about him saying, Oh, you know, my, told my wife that in 10 years, we're going to be living in San Francisco and playing it for the giants. A report came out this morning that same conversation with his wife and his wife kind of said, Hey, look, I can tell that this is where your heart is. This is where you want to play. And therefore now judge is back on the Yankees for, and the next captain, which, uh, look, you you write out as nothing. It might just be a Yankee thing. I think it's just an honor, really. It's there's nothing more than that. He's yeah. he's the K was the captain for the last three years at least. Exactly. Um, but right. it's just the fact of like you know having that C on your jersey and like being the captain of the Yankees. Just like it's like being the 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 prince of England. You know, it's like yeah. or you know the prince of the next the heir to the throne kind of thing. Like we it's we all know it's going to happen, but. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, speak, speaking of the C on the jersey, I would like for them to actually put that on there. I thought it was cheesy too, but I don't think they ever will, especially now with one side occupied with the Nike logo, which they are, were already not thrilled about. Well, I mean, if they if they want to stop being like like a poor little brother franchise, maybe they could sell a couple of those. You know, they print out a couple jerseys with the C's. On I think them. I think there's gonna be. Uh, I think I saw something about extending the judges' chamber all the way around the the main rotunda, <laughs> and then I think. Actually, yeah. in I think part of the contract was in order to walk into Yankee Stadium, you have to prove a picture of yourself wearing a judge uh, gown. So that, that's new. So just watch out for that next season. Um, but, yeah, uh, not much to say. I think what I'll say for future Yankee, uh, I guess, news, I don't think they're done. They're, I think they're definitely going to look to move one of their bad contracts. I kind of said a few days ago, um, but they, they're, I think they're going to look for a left fielder. They're going to look for maybe even a third baseman. It'll be. They came out the other day that uh, DJ LeMahieu was uh, not going to need surgery, which is good. Um, definitely bodes well. Oh, he's alive. Yeah, he's definitely alive, but definitely bodes well for the beginning of the season for the Yankees. But um, I, you know, does that make Glaber expendable? I, I long story short. I think the Yankees aren't done. So uh, just stay tuned. Yeah. We'll have you locked in for all the news. Um, just wanted to hop on today and say a couple couple things about, you know, huge. This is going to be a forever day in New York baseball history. Uh, the day that Aaron Judge was officially named captain. The day that Carlos Correa flipped the script and signed with the Mets. And I guess uh, this is where the book begins because I yeah. don't think it would surprise anyone if we see a Subway series. Mm-hmm. I hope the next time we come on um... – Liam Hendricks is a Met, and then we can kind of just wash our hands of this offseason and uh, get ready to go, and hopefully the Yankees make a couple more moves too because I feel like offensively they, they can't be done. There has to yeah. be there has to be something in the chamber. There, and I think that, again, like kind of what Judge said, he, he said it actually a couple times, which kind of lends to my point, but he kind of said to the fact that, yeah, I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done. I think even Hal Steinbrenner said, yeah, offseason's not over or something to the effect of that. So more moves to be made. You know, the Yankees are will always pull out the standard, you know, random guy no one's ever heard about that randomly leads the league in home runs trade that always seems to happen. Yeah. Um, just or K through nine. Just, yeah. Or it's just a pen. given. Uh, Clay Holmes 2.0, where they just get someone that literally turns into a magic pitcher for half the year. Um, but, yep, that's it. All I just want to do is we just wanted to hop on here and 
Definitely, uh, Matt wanted to share some Met thoughts. Rip me a little bit, as always, to get that out of his system. Happy that's out, not at 4 a.m. <laughs> last night. But, uh, it's been a week. I had to. I was, I was like, I was clenching my fist. Yeah, I think you had some insider scoop. That's why you're up at 4 a.m. <laughs> you might have been a part of the medical team that you kind of kind of sold uh, the whole Giants deal. But uh, we'll be back yeah. a little bit. I think we're going to try and get this posted by Wednesday. Uh, we'll be back. we got a Jet game tomorrow night that we previewed on our last pod. And then Friday we'll go. We'll have a huge show. Special guest on the show Friday. You will not want to miss this. If you're on TikTok, you'll know exactly who this is. Uh, so, Wait, real quick, real quick. Can I get your – I I didn't – listen, uh, yours and uh, Mr. Bobby's picks for tomorrow because I, I don't know it. We're on the Jets. I don't think I am. Is Zach Wilson playing? I hope so. Mike White's not. Okay. So I don't know. Unless, you, yeah, unless you're going, so, I, he, I think Zach yeah, Wilson's so, playing. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence has been the best quarterback in the league for like the last month. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Jacksonville. Yeah, you know we we were speaking about that, and I at first I was a little bit weary on the Jets. I thought the Jaguars were just too obvious of a play, but they're missing Cam Robinson, who's one of their their probably their biggest offseason signing. And I think the Jets defense is real, and I think that's gonna those it's a negative on the on the Jaguars side, and then I think it lends to what already was a plus on the Jets side. So. Uh, you know, short week, both young, fairly young teams, young coaching staffs. I re- really, obviously, anything could happen, but I, we both were on the Jets there. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, good. So, yeah, just we'll be back uh, again. Special guest. We'll go over the Jet game, look forward towards the Giant game, as well as around the league, and an electric fraud or applaud coming up Friday. Electric. And I guess we'll Can't leave wait. it off at that, um, unless you had anything else you wanted to say. All good? Nope. All good here as well. Again, thank you for listening. Please interact with all our socials and peace out.